0: Please aboard Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to SL Airways Flight 016. This is your captain speaking. Today our flight is headed towards Northern Ireland where we will land at Portadown FC in some very snowy conditions. The onboard entertainment for this flight is none other than Katlecho Machecho. Please keep your seatbelts buckled at all times and note that this is indeed a non-smoking flight. Once we are airborne, food and drink will be served. The expected arrival time may change due to the snow conditions, so please until then sit back, relax and enjoy the onboard entertainment. I am joined by Portadown FC youngster, Katlejo Meshejo. Katleko, how are you doing? Welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Thanks for having me.
0: No, absolutely. Thank you for joining us today. Let's start things off by getting a better understanding of your background, if possible. Would you care to tell us about how you got into football?
1: Um, So basically, I was I was born in um in Pretoria. Mm. And my mom got a job opportunity um, here in Ireland. And she just wanted to come for a few months because she always wanted to come to Ireland. She just to just like experience something new. And mm. um, so she left me and my dad. Um, but there was no intention of actually coming over here. It was just simply she wanted to go over uh, go, come over here because, you know, the exchange for money is a lot higher than runs. So she saw she saw a bigger she saw an opportunity. So as time went on, um, it came to a point where she asked me to come, and then at first, I remember uh, I remember this exact day I was in my grandma's, and I was like nah i don't really want to don't really want to go it's not no, I don't want to go, I want to stay here and then she fought and then she forced she forced me to to go <laughs> came back, forced me to go, and I went and looked at me it was it was around January time I was only like five okay. So, whatever, got on a plane, went uh, into islands. Cold, cold, because you, you know, like in South Africa, January time is hot.
0: It's just after
1: December. Yeah, you
0: you go straight into winter in Europe.
1: Straight into winter, freezing. Um, So then I started school, um, and these times I didn't know English. Didn't know English that well. Um, I I was only learning English and started crash, so I didn't really know anything. Okay. And then we and and then we and then we went and then obviously I didn't have any friends there in school or anything, so my, there was a local football team called Phoenix, and my mom was like, you know what, you can just go there, um, and there's gonna be something for you to do. And I'm like, oh, what am I gonna go do? And it's like, oh, you go play football. These times I didn't know what football was. I never played football in South Africa, so yeah, of course, it was something new. It was artificial pitch. I was like, wow. You know. Um so yeah, that's how that's how it was started. It was just started from just I was born in the house on the weekends. My mom saw a newsletter come in and saying, Oh, you can go there.
0: And was that your first academy, would you say? If if not, did you go to an academy? What was it? How did you end up joining? Was that the Academy Phoenix?
1: Yeah, that was that was that was an academy. It's literally just a local team. That was my first experience of actually just playing football, putting on a kit, my first soccer boots. That was my first experience of just like interacting with people and playing football um i wouldn't really say competitively but like yeah with other people
0: and, and now that was obviously quite some time ago do you remember what it was like when your mom first said to you okay come let's go i'm taking you here because you seem bored on the weekends w- when you first got on the pitch w- were you like actually this this is something i could see myself doing
1: no honestly it was like at, at first i had no interest um i had no interest i was i was one of them boys where you'd look and you'd be like what is he doing you know because i was so fast i was i was more fascinated about the astral pitch because i've never seen it before than the actual football mm. so you know on the astral pitch there's like little black dots i was literally like yes. picking at the black dots i'm like what is this
0: those are little pieces of rubber
1: yeah i'm like what is this like how do they make this like I was, that's what i was more fascinated about and then I was like, put my hands behind my back and just like, I was just, I just had really no interest. Until later on, um, a few months down the line, until my dad came, because my dad is a big um, Alona Pirates fan. He's a big football man. Okay. Um, and then I just surrounded, because um, I'm a big believer in, you know, the product of your own environment. So he, my environment since ever since he came to Ireland was, football 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 so there's always football on the tv was always watching the champions league steven gerrard post goals you know all these players of course and then he'd have like the radio on they'd be talking about a lot of the pirates they'd be talking about there's, there's like so much going on so then i'll like and then he'd be shouting at the tv or oh, do this do this and then i was like oh this is what i'm doing you know
0: so you could say that your father played a big role in your upbringing in terms of becoming a professional footballer?
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think without him, I don't think I would, I would have played football.
0: Well, well, that leads me straight into the next question. In 2018, you did an interview with Kickoff Magazine. And um, you mentioned then, as as you just have done so now, that your mom took you to a football club. If you weren't brought over to Ireland, if you stayed in South Africa, do you think you would have ever uh, you know, touched a football?
1: No. I don't think so. I was even having this conversation with my with my mum like three weeks ago and I was like and I, I again, we asked, I was like, Mum, do you think? And she was like, No, I don't think so because we did we never really had the time or the resources to take you anywhere, you know? And um, it's very different here it's very different here in Europe because a lot of stuff is close and whatever, but we lived in Shashanku, but Like where was the time during the week to take you? let's say, to Trials for Pirates, to memory sandals to whatever, like, there's no time. You would have probably played here for the junior team. And if it got you somewhere, it got you somewhere. But you, you were never really into football when you were younger. So I don't, for, for me, for what I got from the conversation was, it was a very slim chance that I would have played football.
0: All right. Well, Kadleko, from Phoenix, I believe you joined St. Kevin's Boys. Um, How was it joining a club knowing that they've produced Premier League legend Damien Duff and current player Robbie Brady?
1: It was big. It was really big because I I wanted to leave Phoenix um, before that. Um, I I left Phoenix at under-14. I wanted to leave Phoenix at under-13. And my dad simply just said no. Because for me, Phoenix at that stage was, um, not disrespect to the club or anything, but I felt like I was going to start whether or not I was going to train or not. You know I mean, I was going to start, it was, I didn't have, there was, there was not much You were kind
0: of ready for the next step in your career. Yeah,
1: there was not much competition and we weren't really winning trophies at that time. And and my ambition then was like, I want to get started, I want to, I want to experience something else. You know what I mean, I want to experience more competition with better players and win football games because we were mm. really a mid-table team. And it was like kinda like the second division of schoolboy, you know? So it wasn't even the top division. So I was like, I don't really seen this team go up to the to the premier. So like I'm just thinking like I want something new. So there was Saint Kevin So there was Saint Kevin's boys. Um and then I talked to my dad and then he was like, No, I don't want you to go there because like you were here all your life, you're in Phoenix and I'm just like, Dad, if you don't let me go, I'm not gonna play. I said that straight I was like if you don't let me go I'm not going to play I'm being deadly serious like I'm not going to play football and then
0: got a tug on the man's heartstrings <laughs> yeah and then I don't know
1: what made me say that at that time but I was like obviously the previous year he said the same thing I was like no I was kind of like sick of it but this time I'm like, this is what it is and then he obviously gave me the opportunity to go Um, and I, I, I went I went to St. Kevin's and at first I wanted to try out for Big team, St. Kevin's, because the mm. big St. Kevin's in my age group were the best team in the country. That all the best players, okay, and the players were well known. Um, they they these players were known as they're going on trial to Man City the Man United's, you know. So That's these were like the place you want to be. Yeah, this that was the type of environment I wanted to be. So when I went there, they said you're not good enough. I said okay, and then they said we're gonna. Take you to the second team and I was like and then I was like to my dad well you know what I'm gonna fight I'm gonna fight for my place and I'm gonna go to the second team a lot of people didn't agree um but I knew like I just had to be patient and my time will come so I went there um then the league we were in um I, I got called up to represent uh, represent them um and then it was it was basically this is tournament in Ireland that they held for representations of leagues called the Kennedy Cup, and it's like all the best players in the country um, from all the counties in Ireland. Uh, they go to one, basically one place, and then they play football matches, and then is, and that's where they pick teams for the Republic of Ireland squad. That's where all the scouts come. So I, I made that squad. We um, came third. Um, and then that's when I got recognition to play for Ireland under 15. And um, there's a few clubs interested, in like Wedding, um, but it never really actually happened. But um, that's when that that's when I kind of made a name for myself.
0: Really. From St Kevin's Boys, you moved over to Fleetwood, I believe. Uh, you spent a few years there playing and representing the under 18s and the under 21s. Let's not forget that Premier League and England striker Jamie Vardy represented Fleetwood just before he was signed to Leicester and then obviously made it big and got to where he is now. Has that provided you with motivation, knowing that it is possible, what I'm doing is actually what I want to do and I can go further?
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. Especially when I went went to Fleetwood, um, I knew knew Jamie Vardy was there um, and you can just kind of see the environment. Because um, Fleetwood now is a club that wants to give young kids a chance, so I just I just knew that I was in the right environment, and even now, obviously, that I've moved on, um, I, I feel I still feel like it's possible, you know, um, to get to get to the very top because that's, that's every kid's dream, you know, to get to the Premier League, to get to the top, to get where Jamie Vardy is because it's never too late because he made it in his late twenties and I'm and I'm and I'm still young, so. You know, and then I'm and I'm thinking like I I still have this many years under him and yeah when he was my age I'm ahead of him so when I'm his age so I should be where he is.
0: As long as you have the right mindset, anything is possible. Hundred percent. And then you moved to Fleetwood alone, and you mentioned that in the 2018 Kickoff Magazine interview that this move was was more difficult than when you moved to Ireland when you were five. Why was that?
1: Um. You know, I feel like I've always, I've always wanted to go to England. Uh, in Ireland, like the your dream is always to go to England on uh, sixteen. Yes. That's like that's that, that's like a benchmark. That's like because on my Kevin's team, eight of us I think, went to England. We we're signed by professional clubs. Um, so that's like kind of like the benchmark on how good you are you know and then it's for some kids it's like if I don't go to England at under 16 then it's like I haven't made it you know sometimes it's not the case sometimes it's just not your time but it was difficult I would say it was difficult because I didn't know how demanding professional football was like it was my first taste and I, I didn't know how the amount of pressure for you to perform on a not even on a, like a, on, on a weekly basis, but on, on a daily basis and how important training is. And me getting to England, I thought maybe, like, I didn't really think I'd made it, but I was like, like at least I've got here. But it was just not enough for them. Mm. Like, there was, there was still more to go. I was in the 18s but I still need to get to the twenty 23s When you get to the twenty 23s it's about impressing the first team manager Impressing the first team is about now going on to the next stage like it was just a non-stop cycle of just keep going and i feel like that affected me mentally and i like, questioned on whether did i really want to be a footballer um and then obviously without having my parents there as well it was like i never had anyone to express my feelings to on whether on what i had like they were always on the phone call but it's just it just wasn't the same it wasn't what i was used to no,
0: of course
1: and it was and then it was just a number of things i got injured um in pre-season um like two weeks before our pre-season tour in holland so it was just like i missed my pre-season tour another chance to impress and then that was stout that that one i feel like that hit me the most it was it got to the point where i even rang my mum crying on the phone saying i want to come back home I'm like i'm just i'm just fed up like now and then she convinced she actually convinced me to stay um she convinced me say she's like no just give her a chance they're injured They're probably full of emotions and i was like yeah you're right um and then I got, I got back i got back from i got back from holland after just doing rehab all the way through Didn't touch of football um i got back and i and i feel like i still struggle to get get my phone because i was putting so much pressure on myself um, and it was and it was really like it was really really difficult. So I reckon like it was from like midway tr- like from preseason to about January. I felt like I was just not myself. I was just I was just playing because I was just putting. You know when you're trying so hard to do something, but it's just it's just out of reach. It's just not it's working. Good. Yeah, it's just out of reach, and even working so hard. But it's just out of reach and again more frustrated and you put more pressure on yourself and it's just gaining, gaining, gaining.
0: And the more frustrated you get, the more difficult the task becomes. Exactly.
1: And then me going into and then I knew the expectation I had from the fleet commanders when I came in because when I came in, they were telling me we want you we have projected you to be in the first team by 17. seventeen. 18, Like you're gonna be there. Like they rated me so highly. Like I was the first person they gave um, a contract to within the 18s. Like, they thought I was going to be the next big thing into the first team. So, even like not living up to them expectations, it, aff- it affected me massively. And then, basically, like the first season was just like, it was just really all over the place until the last, I say the last three months, that's when I really gained confidence within myself and actually just gave them a glimpse of what I have to offer.
0: And at your time at Fleetwoods, you, you were coached by <laughs> by former Manchester City baller Joey Barson. And let's let's just face the music. During his time in the Premier League, a lot of people called him a thug. He was violent. He was hectic. He was pretty eccentric. Did that behavior transfer into his coaching techniques? What were his ideologies and philosophies of coaching and just, you know, passing off the knowledge in general?
1: Do you know what? Like I was very I was very surprised um by Joey Barrett. Like I was very surprised. Like when he when, when he came in, there was loads of speculation, like Joey and Joey Barrett and this, Joey and this. I have my friends text me, what's he like? Is he does he punch players? Does he do this? <laughs> and I'm just like, and I was like, no, like he's actually a nice person. Like he was the first manager that came into the club and then like the, the, the like the atmosphere just completely changed. Do you For what the mean? You could see like the first yeah, for better. Like it was like, the f- like before I came, this was your my second year. When during my first year, the first team was so out of reach. Like you, you just looked at them and just like, oh my god, like, it's gonna take a long time to get there. But like when he came, it, it, he changed the dynamic so much. Like the first team just became, you no, know, you know what? I can do that. Do you know what I mean, and then he made it clear that if you're good enough, I will give you a chance. I will hunt and give you a chance, and then he gave a couple of people and our team a chance, and I became, and then from that it motivated me, and I started training more with the first. I started training more with the first team, with under 23s, and build confidence within myself, and I was playing well. You know, like he just he just changed, and even like just little things of, um, we had to clean boots as under 18s, so he'd literally walk past he'd literally walk past us going into the canteen and he'd be like oh how are you like how are you how's things mm. um, and then know, so I mean just like he would actually talk to you and it feel like he would have an interest within your life you know and then
0: Dr. The Joe Barton I remember
1: <laughs> and literally like they're the little things that people probably didn't see yeah and then and it's the fact that is like what what touched me was like he actually, oh he actually knows my name you know what I mean, all the managers there, like no disrespect, like did you they call me kid? Like, hey kid, do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And then it's not like you can even say anything. It's just no. like, you no, know, on oh, this guy, this this manager actually knows my name, like he knows this is me.
0: Was was Barton the, the, the coach the, the head coach of the first team at Fleetwood?
1: Yeah, he was the head coach of the first team.
0: And and he gave you your debut there? Um
1: he didn't I didn't I didn't actually make my debut at Fleetwood, for, um the, fir- the first team on the under trees were very like close so the under-23s was, was more treated like a reserve so if you didn't play for the first team on a Saturday you probably played for the under-23s on a Tuesday All right. and during my second year I was I was performing a, a, a lot lot better um, so I was integrated into the under-23s and I was kind of playing Tuesday, Saturday Tuesday, Saturday with the under-23s and the under-18s Um, So, 423 games, he'd come and watch. He'd sometimes come in um, and have a chat with us saying, listen, like, this is, like, I remember one time he came in and he was like, which one of you actually wants to be in the first team? I mean, go out there and show me what, what who wants to be in the first team, who wants to be in my squad and stuff like that. So, he would say a lot of them things and he would watch games. Even if it was away, He'd make sure the games were recorded and come back and watch the games and see who's actually doing well and stuff. So Put the effort he, in,
0: as a yeah, due, due diligence.
1: Yeah, he'd, he, he was really interested in the academy and bringing players in. Even on the, on the 18th games, if they were home, uh, we'd play like at 11 o'clock and the first team play at 3 o'clock. So during, during that time, he'd come for the 11 o'clock kickoff, watch our game, and probably leave at like 1 o'clock for the first team game.
0: Ladies and gentlemen we are now airborne and you may remove your seatbelts. The crew will start serving the main course and after that we will continue with the onboard entertainment.